What's going on, guys? Welcome to another episode of Tasty Tuesday on Tasty Loot Gaming, the show where we talk about gaming news. My name's Seth. I'm Chevy. Quick reminder is that we're in the last week of October, so make sure to download and play The Last of Us Remastered and MLB The Show 19, both offer for free on PlayStation Plus. Make sure to download those, play those, and come back at the end of this week for Plus Club. We're going to be talking about our experiences with those games throughout this month. Let us know yours. And our game of the month, randomly picked, I forgot what I was even talking about for a second, is Dauntless, which is a Monster Hunter-like free-to-play game cross-play you can play it on pc xbox ps4 with each other download that play that you got nothing to lose and we're going to talk about that for game of the month make sure also to be voting for the game of the month in the comments below so uh we can move into phase two which is in november and we can uh, figure out what the game of the month in december will be so just type in gotm whatever game you want to play and uh yeah it'll be a it'll be a good time um we have Discord link down below. You can talk to us anytime, all the time. And we're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us. So with that, we got two bits of news. Let's get into the first bit of news. So Microsoft is bringing back its Xbox All Access program, uh, this time including the UK and Australia. Um, here in the States, the program uh, will relaunch November 18th through Amazon. Uh, it will launch... In Australia and the UK, October 29th and 5th. Later. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the way that's going to work, at least for dollar figures here in the States, is going to be you can get an Xbox One S All Digital Edition um, at $19.99 per month for 24 months, or you can get an Xbox One S for $22.99 per month for 24 months, or an Xbox One X for 30 99 for 24 months um, whichever one you pick comes with a two-year or 24-month subscription to um, xbox game pass ultimate which is the version that comes with game pass and xbox live um, and then on top of that when project scarlet comes out as long as you have made 18 payments on that uh, you can trade it in towards the uh, project scarlet console uh the only stipulation there is the console a controller and the power cord need to be in work good working order and if you have the xbox one s all digital edition there is a 20 dollars additional fee to bump up for that um, if you have the xbox one x you'll be able to upgrade to scarlet after making 12 payments instead of 18. what do we think about um them bringing back this program Expanded to other countries, and what do you think about the the uh, almost like cell phone like system they got going on with it? It's interesting. First off, I didn't know they did this before. Um, I remember before this generation of consoles came out, there was talk of uh, even through like Comcast um, ways to uh, like cell phones get a console uh, up front and pay for it monthly. Mm -hmm. And at the time, it made sense to me. Um, it's not the route I would go. But um, those things exist because, for instance, phones are like $1,000, upwards of like 2100 now when we start getting to the foldable phone section. Mm -hmm. It's a lot of fucking money out of pocket, even for people who are like, you know, pretty, pretty decently well off. I mean, that's like a chunk of money. So they got to figure out how the fuck do we sell that to people? Uh, monthly payments. And it's so far has been working great for cell phones. They start talking about doing that with consoles. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Like I said, not really something I would want to do. But uh, but it allows everybody access, and that's what they want. They want that console in your house, so now you're locked in with their console. You're playing their games. You're buying games for that console. 
So it was interesting when I first heard about that. Apparently they already did it, which I had no idea about. But um, doing it again, I mean, it makes complete sense. I actually think it's kind of an interesting uh, system. Uh, 24 months seems like such a long time to be paying off for a console, though. But I guess at that price, I feel like that's going to be way beyond what it's worth, though. But you're also getting two years of Xbox Live. Game Pass Ultimate, yeah. Yeah. Um, which seems, I'm, unless you guys know the numbers off the top of your head, uh, let me know in the comments. Seems like a decent deal to me. At $20 a month uh, for 24 months, getting 24 months of Game Pass Ultimate, um, you're paying $5 a month for the console then. Yeah, for 24 months. Mm -hmm. Huh. That's interesting. Unless I have my, the number wrong. It might be nineteen ninety nine. Regardless, yeah. it's still, you're pretty much paying for the Game Pass service at that point. They're just including, because, I mean, that's it's theirs. Yeah, for <laughs> so. sure. Um, and, I mean, I, I know Amazon already has some items that are expensive that you can uh, opt into paying monthly mm. on. Uh, and from what I've seen, there there's no interest involved. It's literally just making payments on it. Uh, which is interesting because a lot of times you have to like finance something and have a bank come in, give you a loan, shit like that. I do believe they specified this is financing. Yeah, they're using that word, but yeah. I'm not seeing anything about the like interest rates or anything like oh, that. Yeah, yeah. But we haven't read that deep into it. Regardless of all that, um, this isn't necessarily for me, but uh, it is, in my opinion, I like options. Uh, so the idea of uh, Xbox taking a different um, approach in um, – Offering people affordable options and getting consoles as long as they're not fucking people over. Because uh, I know some uh, some companies like to take advantage of people who, uh, you know, are more impoverished, I guess, or have lesser Rent means. places. And they like to make more money off those people mm -hmm. through some pretty shitty means. And I'm, I'm pretty against that. Again, it gives them the option to pay for it a certain way, but a lot of the times people don't end up keeping it because it's a lot of money over time and it's just kind of ridiculous. So as long as they're not doing that here specifically, I'd have to do number crunching to figure that out. But it seems fair to me. It's cool. Um, I w I've been wondering if this would be the future of consoles. And even though we're getting to a point where consoles will start just heading towards streaming, it'll become smaller and smaller. Um, after that, uh, I'd be interested in seeing if this will be something that Sony would adopt in the next generation. And obviously Xbox is doing it because they're doing that trade-up program, which reminds me of like, I mean, my phone recently just told me like, hey, the new note's out. You want it? Because you have a note. And I was like, did I just pay that fucker off? And they're yeah. already like, hey, you're not paying us anymore. You should, uh, we should, we should figure that out. I'm like, hey, I actually like my phone still. Um, <laughs> I, I would love to upgrade, but fucking there's just nothing out right now that I'm excited about. So it's kind of nice. Um, but they don't like that. Anyway, um, it reminds me exactly like that. It's the exact same system. And I, I think it's cool. I actually don't mind paying monthly for my phone. I wouldn't mind paying monthly for a console if it was something out of my means. But I typically am able to just buy that console when it comes out. Um, but yeah, overall, I think it's cool. I think it's a good uh, system. Um Microsoft really is kind of leading the way in um, accessibility. And I mean that like every way. Uh, accessibility to their console, accessibility to their games if you don't have their console outside of a couple games. Most of their games are accessible on PC. Um, accessibility in their fucking peripherals. Letting, I mean, they really... And even if it's like an idea of like domination, let's get everyone on our console, which is obviously not the case in comparison to Sony sales on this generation. 
it's it's still a good thing that they that they're offering accessibility to more people than Sony is, in my opinion. Um, you might be in a situation where you can't really get into, you know, one of these two consoles, and I feel like it's going to be a lot more easy to get into Xbox, be able to play it, whatever your situation is. Um, it seems like that's like the philosophy of what they're doing with Xbox is making sure everybody can play Xbox, yeah, no matter what you're using. So I think it's cool. Yeah, I mean, I think the the thing that you kind of said that was kind of the the glaring thought for me was just options, yeah. more options on on how to get Xbox in your house. And uh, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a smart decision. Um, I will also say that Microsoft, like kind of like you were saying, you know, they're um, very creative in in like how do we give people the ability to access our stuff? Um, they're doing what no one else in the industry is doing like period. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, full credit for that. Uh, the game pass system seems to be a pretty cool system. I, I like haven't listened to this too much, but I've heard positive from you. Mm-hmm. Um, getting, you know, the monthly, uh, payments and having that include the game pass ultimate, um, if you can't afford games, you're getting Game Pass and Xbox Live. So you're literally you're, you're hooked up. You're getting everything yeah. instantly. You're ready to go. You're just yeah, ready to play games. Mm-hmm. Um so I honestly probably would have been like, Oh yeah, you know, it's cool and that I'd been done with it, but the fact that they are including the service um in, in that fee, um, I think kind of just gives it that step up because you are literally getting access to um, I think it's over 100 games a month, essentially. And, I mean, they release games when they drop and shit yeah. on Game Pass a lot of times, which is fucking insane. So Yeah, so you have a huge library of games that's just part of you buying that system. And then, you know, uh, you know, a big reason, like, I have my Xbox hooked up with my TV and stuff like that is it's a UHD Blu-ray player as well. So, like, there's just a lot you're getting there. Um, so it's it, I, I think it also makes it easier for, like, like if you're in a family dynamic, for example, and the parents aren't like into necessarily gaming, but they are into everything else the Xbox does, it just kind of like it fits the family dynamic at an affordable price as well, which I think is really smart. So I was even thinking like if you're like, you know, I was gonna say an adult, but I mean we're adults, we're fucking in our thirties, but mm-hmm. like you know if you got like a family and you got kids or whatever, and you're not particularly super into games, but yeah. you know they want games, and you know you can just pick that thing up connected to the internet with game pass and you're just done you don't have to go what do i buy them well, and like you, and you get your you know your 4k netflix youtube and and blu-ray yeah. player out of that as well plus you know if you're into watching streaming mixers built into it as well so yeah. I, there's just a lot of a lot of things it does uh for, so for the price point i think f- it's in a family dynamic it's mm-hmm. like a hard pass it'd be hard to pass on it so what do you think about the upgrade aspect of it 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 literally reminds me of cell phones because we do this the same thing. It's the I wonder if your console will fucking except it's eighteen and twelve and not twenty four and eighteen. But I wonder if your console will fucking tell you like, oh hey, the oh I'm sure Project Scarlet's coming out. You want to upgrade? Um, while you're in the middle of a game, I mean it makes perfect sense because the system's coming out too. So like, they're launching it at the time they need to launch this program to make that buy up make sense. Yeah. Um, though you get it earlier with the Xbox One X one because it's after a year and, and a year the system's coming out. 
uh at least that's what we're all expecting and uh, then, yeah i'd be very surprised and then another half year later for all the other purchase people they can upgrade theirs too and mm-hmm. so it also kind of layers the amount they're distributing so they're not running into this backup we're like oh we don't have any more scarlets because we did this program yeah so uh, two things I like about that aspect of it is first off, I think it's a much better way to trade up than going through something like games, GameStop. Yeah. 100%. Um, yeah, because <laughs> you're not getting as ripped off. Uh, secondly, I think it's a really smart way at the end of a console cycle to make someone feel like they're not investing in something that's going to be obsolete next year. For sure. They're putting money towards that as they're using it. But then they're working towards the next console, which is kind of smart. Yeah. Because you might not be on the up and up and go, I don't know when that's coming out. And then they'll remind you, I'm sure. And then you'll be like, oh, "Oh, I guess I could just trade up to the better thing. Just like a fucking phone. Most people don't know what the hell's in their phone. There's like the the better phones out there. Like, oh, shit, I want that. Yeah. Same thing with this console. They're going to be like, oh, and it's going to be just a lot. It's going to be a better system than going like, well, I guess I got to trade in my fucking Xbox One to get that that fucking new Xbox, and then they just completely rip you off. Yeah, well, and, and having worked in that industry before, no one ever would come in and trade in their consoles and ever be happy about it. Like ever. no one is, yeah. But they did it anyways. Yeah. So because it makes the transition at that time in that situation easier than just not doing it. Yeah. So it's almost like you're pressured into it. Especially with certain financial means. But yeah. you just don't care enough to keep the other consoles. You're like, ah, I might as well get rid of it. Yeah, it's going to sit around. With, with this, the, the more like cell phone style approach, uh, I think that feeling will be lessened. So wonder if in the future, when we're all streaming on smaller boxes, if they're going to be rolling out newer versions of that every couple of years to speed that up and make you constantly paying for consoles. Possibly. Or they'll merge it into your fucking phone. And then you're going to just be spending more on your phone and streaming I mean, from it, your phone to your screen. I feel like the phone's going to do everything at some point. And it's just been talking about that for years. The box. Yeah. That does everything. Yeah. And how Bill Gates was talking about that, like before people were even doing it too. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy. Yeah. Anything else you want to say on that? Well, it's interesting to see. It's kind of a glimpse into the future. Yeah. Well, if Possibly. I learned anything this year uh from microsoft is that they got a lot of things they're trying right now yeah so like stealing people from twitch (laughs) (laughs) they're pulling pulling an epic games store with uh streamers yeah now they're they're people are getting aggressive in competition lately it's weird yeah people are just throwing money around lately yeah it's crazy (laughs) like china like china (laughs) and people are throwing bands around like blizzard anyway Anything else? No. Uh, yeah. So overall, I you know I think it's interesting. Not for me, but uh, I welcome it. I like options, like you were saying. For sure. Um, I always like knowing that there's different ways you can go about doing things. So it's there. I think it's interesting. And the cell phone mentality of upgrading is uh, it'll be interesting to see where that goes. So uh, let's know in the comments though. What do you guys think about this uh, Xbox financing? What do you guys think about the idea of trading up consoles? Um, do you think this is a ripoff? Do you think it's a good thing? Is something that you would uh, potentially do, even if it's not just for this console, but in general, the next consoles come out, you have a way to finance them as opposed to, uh, you know, just buying it outright and maybe potentially upgrading to something. Uh, let me know everything you think about uh, when it comes to Xbox and... Huh. I, ju- I did have something pop in my head there. Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, 
the one thing I think that's necessary to make this work across uh-huh. the board is they have to keep the operating system compatible from here on forward with to have the, that cell phone mentality. I'd be very, I, I'd be, it would blow me away if they didn't maintain the same OS because they're using a different version of Windows 10. Well, I, I'm just saying, like, regardless if it's Microsoft, Sony, or even if for some reason Nintendo decided to do it, though they'd be the last ones to do it, I'd imagine. But yeah, they uh, they're not following people's trends. You know, every time you get the new iPhone or the new Android phone, all your stuff constantly you transfer works it over. Yeah, with it. So I think it would be a pretty big deal breaker if you have to restart every time. Huge deal breaker. Yeah, it'd be a lot yeah. more better and seamless and more of an incentive to do it if you know that when you upgrade, it's just going to go over, which also kind of tells us, I feel like it's going to do that. Oh, yeah. I'd be very surprised if they didn't do that. Well, between them making it Windows, essentially, mm-hmm. and then Sony really making a push for like full compatibility in yeah. their next console, rumor-wise, um, I think that's just the future of consoles at this point. Yeah. So, hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully. Hopefully cross-play and backwards compatibility is uh, you know, the fucking big things for the next gen because that'd be yeah. really awesome. Um, that was it, I promise. <laughs> yeah, no, it was a good point, for sure. Um, so yeah, let us know in the comments everything you're thinking about when it comes to uh, the future of financing consoles um, and uh, trading them up like cell phones. Let me know everything you think about in the comments below. Second bit of news. I'm going to tack on a part of this, but we got some delays that have been announced recently. Uh, some a little different than others, but I think they're both worth talking about, so I'm just going to put them all together. So as most of you uh, know, and maybe... The, the Last of Us Who Don't Know. Um, <laughs> the Last of Us 2 has been uh, officially delayed to May 2020. Uh, it's originally supposed to come out the 21st of February, and now it's coming out the 29th of May. So was that a couple months? Fucking three months. Three months, yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a thing. Uh, before I move into the next part of the delays, I just want to read real quick that uh, Neil Druckmann, the director of The Last of Us and The Last of Us Part 2, uh, put out a letter explaining his position on this, and uh, we'll talk about what we think of that in a sec, but I'm just going to read it. Uh, Neil Druckmann says, to our fans, uh, let me cut to the chase and get to the news or get the news out of the way. The Last of Us Part 2 has a new release date of May 29th, 2020. Uh, I know it was just about a month ago when we had our big blowout for the game, letting media play over two hours of it. Uh, along with debuting our new story trailer and revealing the release date, the positive response we saw from our community was overwhelming. You can feel the energy among the team members. After working on something for so many years, it's invigorating to get a glimpse of validation for all the hard work, which is something we kind of heard from CD Projekt Red as well, yeah. which is always kind of cool to hear because yeah, they were like scared. We're stoked, <laughs> and then it gets them stoked, which you know is is a is a good uh, you know trade. Um, However, it was during the last few weeks we were closing out sections of the game that we realized we simply didn't have enough time to bring the entire game up to the level of polish we would call Night Dog quality, which I, you know, I attest to all the time. Um, at this point, we are faced with two options, compromise parts of the game or get more time. We went with the latter, and this new release date allows us to finish everything to our level of satisfaction while also reducing stress on the team. While we're relieved that we won't have to compromise our vision, we'd, or we're disappointed that we weren't able to avoid this exact situation. We wish we could have foreseen the amount of polish we needed, uh, but the size and scope of this game got the better of us. 
Uh, we hate disappointing our fans, and for that, we're sorry. We hope you understand that this additional time ensures that The Last of Us Part Two lives up to our collective ambition, as well as our commitment to the highest level of quality. We know the extra few months will add to what may already have been ex an excruciating wait for all of us. We are grateful for your patience and continued support. Come next May, you will finally rejoin Ellie in The Last of Us Part Two. Neil, what about Joel? You can't talk like that to me, motherfucker. You showed him. Um, so yeah, before we move into like part two of uh, of of these delays, uh, real quickly, um, what do you think about uh, Last of Us Two getting delayed in the first place? What do you think about Neil's words uh, towards that and overall thoughts? We say it all the time on the channel. Yep, ninety nine percent of the time, delays are a good thing. Um, Sometimes they're really bad, like a seven year. Fucking hiatus at that yeah. point yeah. but that's yeah. always typically pretty bad uh but delays are always good because obviously they at that point they're showing they're just trying to finish something mm -hmm. instead of just like trying to hit the release date especially in a time where like crunch is becoming uh uh a known and talked about thing in the industry that that um some companies have outright just said they they're just not going to support that and games are just going to take longer now which is great um you know, it, it's good to see the delay that uh, it's only three months. The the thing with the letter, um, though, I appreciate him taking the time to do that. Having followed him on Twitter for a while now, I do know that every time he even just breathes, he's just got stupid amounts of people being like, where's the release date? When's the release date? When's the release date? Mm -hmm. So he's he's hearing barking constantly. He's under pressure. Um and I hate that he has to feel that way because, like, realistically, no one cares. Like, re like really, no one cares this game's coming out three months later. They are going to bitch and moan that they're not getting it earlier, but they're still going to buy it in May. They're still going to love the shit out of the game. If it's good, it's good, and they're not going to yeah. talk about the delay anymore. Yeah. If it's bad, they'll find um, something to blame it on. So, I mean, I appreciate him, like, trying to, like, soften the blow for those who might, like, have a, some stupid emotional reaction to that news to me it's it's just not a big deal it yeah. is good news if anything to me they care they even throws in that that little line there is what, what we would call naughty dog quality which is exactly why people love them mm. so if they are going to start abandoning that i'm actually worried at that yeah. point so yeah i agree um like you said, we're pretty much on the same page. I typically uh, look at uh, delays as a good thing. Uh, when you start seeing multiple delays, you start getting a little worried. And when it goes on for a long time, um, and you start wondering if the game's even going to come out, it's almost always a bad thing. So there's layers to it, and there's nuance, and there's different... Th there is, you know, variables that aren't exactly like that. But it seems like that's the case typically. And spe specifically with um, a developer that's trusted, has no reason to be doubted um, yet... Uh, I normally give them the benefit of the doubt. So if Naughty Dog says, hey, this isn't up to par with what we do, I hold Naughty Dog in high regard when it comes to quality. I always have. Um, so if they're saying that, I believe them. Without the letter, even them saying, hey, we're delay delaying the game, I'd be like, that's fine. If Naughty Dog says they got to delay the game, then I, I get it. Yeah. Make the game good. But him explaining the whole thing like that and saying exactly what I was thinking, um, just reaffirms to me that i mean they're taking care of it makes sense to me they could just release it like a lot of companies would and patch in some shit later but they want to release this game i'm sure and they want it to be completely solid as soon as you start playing it 
They don't want you to start playing and someone's face is gone, but their eyes are floating and shit. And then it's a big fucking debacle and people are like, this game's trash and they're trying to fucking fix it while everybody's pissed off. Um, I haven't seen that in a Night Dog game. So that's kind of the point. Um, so, you know, I'm for it 100%. I do appreciate the letter a lot. Yeah. Most of the time on Twitter, you used to get someone go, hey, sorry, guys. This is the new date now. And that's it. That he wrote out something is really nice. I also think it's kind of overkill because I didn't need this explanation, but there are people who get really upset about delays. Oh, yeah. There's people who get really pissed about this. I've already had multiple people ask me, like, what do you think about that delay? And I'm like, good. It's good. I think it's good. If it was anybody else, I'd have a different thought process on it because it's a per developer basis. If there's a developer that's having problems all the time with their games, they have another delay. I'd be like, we'll see what happens. Yeah. But with these guys, you know, I just. I have no reason to doubt that it won't be anything other than stellar. And uh, this delay was obviously needed and that he felt that he had to explain himself to people. Kind of like what you were saying, he's got so many people. I mean, the the fandom of like Naughty Dog, but like The Last of Us um, is uh, it's it's um, there's a lot of energy there. Mm -hmm. Even on my Instagram, I I get recommended uh, Instagram accounts of like Last of Us, like fan pages and shit. And they're all just like celebrating these characters. I'm like, the world's such a grim, dark place. And everybody's just so ready to get murdered off. And people are just like, yay, I love these characters. I'm like, it's not the right mentality to have. I love them too. <laughs> but I'm worried about them. They live in a world that I don't. And it's fucking awful there. And people are like, yay, I want everybody to be happy and hugging shit. I'm like, that's not the last of us, man. So the, you got you got fans like that who just fucking love this shit. And so, you know, he had to, he felt like he needed to explain himself. Uh, and I appreciate it, but I didn't need this. I'm not that guy. So um, I think it's completely fine. Uh, the game will be good, and I can wait another three months. Specifically because we got fucking Final Fantasy VII and Cyberpunk coming Cyberpunk, out. Yeah. So yeah, just take your time, dude. Like fucking, I'm gonna, I will be busy. I'm busy right yeah, now. Why don't you just go ahead and make it July where we're at? <laughs> yeah, I mean it's fine. Death Strain is coming out in a couple fucking days. Those games are coming out, so I'm like, dude, that's fine. Spread it out a little bit. That's fine. I'm okay with that. Then I get to enjoy. One at a time, kind of. Even though seven and fucking Cyberpunk coming out pretty close to each other. Pretty close. Yeah. I was like, "Fuck." So, I think it's fine. Um, <clears throat> let me know in the comments, though. Do you have anything else to say on that no. particular part? Uh, what do you think about Naughty Dog delaying The Last of Us? Are you worried about it? Or not worried about it? Do you think it's good, bad? And uh, what do you think about Neil Druckmann uh, addressing it in such a formal way, uh, as opposed to what we're used to nowadays with Twitter? Someone going like, "Sorry." Um, let me know in the comments. And the second part of this I want to talk about, uh, as a lot of you already know, probably still, uh, is Ubisoft. Uh, pretty much just start delaying like all their games uh, because of Breakpoint and The Division 2. Going into detail, Ubisoft uh, has hit us with a, uh, the rarest of news. Under performance, the French publisher has slashed its expected net bookings for the 2019-2020 fiscal year down by uh, 700 million. Is that euros? I think so. I can't see it from here. It doesn't look like a dollar sign. Anyway, um, Ubisoft had originally expected overall revenue to be uh, 2.185 billion euros, but now uh, dropped its target to uh, 1.45 billion. This means net revenue has fallen from around 480 million all the way down to 20 million and 50 million. Uh, It still leaves Ubisoft in the green just about but it represents a very disappointing year when we take into account its previous growth. 
There are two big causes for the changes in in fortunes. This article's written weird. Firstly, a sharp downward revision in the revenues is expected from Ghost Recon Breakpoint and the smaller degree are to a smaller degree, the Division 2 in a nutshell. These games weren't the success which Ubisoft was predicting. Are these people European? <laughs> like whoever's writing this, I don't I don't get it. Um Secondly, three Ubisoft games have been delayed. Gods and Monsters, uh, which I don't even think had a release date. Uh, Rainbow Six Quarantine, uh, which I forgot was coming out, and Watch Dogs Legion were all expected to launch before the end of March 2020. All three games have been pushed to fiscal 2020-2021, which runs from April 2020 through March of 2021. The the next financial year. Yeah. Um, Of these games, Watch Dogs Legion... uh, was the only one with a confirmed release date originally penciled in for launch on March 6th, 2020. So not that far away. Uh, it's now pushed back to an undetermined date. Uh, in quotes, it says, while each of these games already had a strong identity and high potential, we want our teams to have more development time to ensure that their respective innovations are perfectly implemented so as to deliver optimal experiences for players, says Ubisoft. The good news for Ubisoft in all this is, is that it expects the uh, fiscal year of 2020 2021 to be very strong now as five AAA titles planned including the three above and the other two are probably skull and bones and the unannounced assassin's creed project what about beyond good and evil 2 where's that at (laughs) we're not talking about that that's the one i'm fucking stoked for that is the one make sure that one's good please uh but now back to the thorny issue of ghost recon Breakpoint, which now appears to have massively disappointed uh, both critically and commercially uh, in its fiscal re- uh, fiscal report. Ubisoft said it thought Ghost Recon Breakpoint was on course for success, having tracked well uh, based on E3 Gamescom previews. Uh, Ubisoft attributes Breakpoint's failure to three chief reasons. This is going to be interesting. It's harder to generate interest for a sequel to a... G-A-A-S title. Is that... I don't know what that is. Ghost... Something? Um, to a G-A-A-S title, uh, the new innovations were not perfectly into implemented. What innovations? And Ghost Recon Breakpoint wasn't unique enough, so it didn't stand out from the crowd. What is it? Games as a service. Oh. Yeah, well, okay. I'm, I, I was going to go into this similar to Last of Us, but now I'm coming away. Um... Of all these points, uh, seem pretty much bang on the money. It perhaps uh, it's perhaps just a shame Ubisoft wasn't aware of this before Breakpoint hit store shelves. So, um, they're delaying their games after reception of two games they've released, uh, in hopes that it will give them time to make those games better. Uh, yeah, to increase the quality of, of uh, this game so that they sell better. What do we think about that news and kind of a different angle of delays? Um, well, once again, delays are a good thing for development, um, yeah. especially w- the way they worded it, um, at least this article, mm-hmm. where it is to make sure that the, the teams have time to deliver uh, better games. Um, I think it's a good mentality to have, um, especially since... They technically, like they said, both games, I guess, sold enough to put them in the green. So the, there wasn't an actual like issue other than they just didn't hit projections mm-hmm. and they could have just kept releasing games. So obviously they care about the reputation as well as what this sounds like. Um, Which I can appreciate because there's too many companies out there 
not even just in gaming that will let their reputation just get hit hard, hard, hard. Yeah. And then it eventually will bite them in the ass. Well, I would say it's, it, which is a rarity yeah. <laughs> out of, uh, these big companies, yeah. um, as we're seeing a lot lately. Um, so I appreciate that, uh, for some reason, and I'm sure it's mostly just because it's, you know, everyone else is shitty. So might as well lump them in. But a lot of people, um, when Breakpoint came out, decided that Ubisoft was just like one of the worst companies ever, along with everyone else. For the one game. And For a one lot game, of yeah. people weren't going to play that regardless. Um, and Division 2, uh, I don't think, like, got bad reception. I just think, I honestly think they did a bad job advertising it. They didn't advertise it. And yeah. I don't think they've supported it the way people want. Yeah. So. Um, they have supported it, but I think they could have done a better job. For sure. Uh, that being said, them having five games coming out in one f- fiscal year, um, they're going to, regardless of like, even if all games, all five of those games do mediocre, that's going to put their, their sales figures in an insane place in that, For sure. that year. So, um, I don't know. I'm, I i do not have like super strong feelings on it. Cause I just like, I know that they don't have to do this and they're doing it, um, to save reputation. And I appreciate that. Um, and I do hope it does make their games better because actually I thought the new watchdogs looked kind of interesting. So yeah, so do I, um, this one's tricky for me because I have, I have some, some things to complain about there, but, uh, specifically with a singular game, but Ubisoft, I have, I have a long track record of defending Ubisoft when it comes to the big three. And of course they're a big company and they produce a lot of games. Um, I think they produce like more games than the rest of the companies. They're putting games out all fucking time. Especially Activision. Um, I think there's evidence. I've seen it a million times where Ubisoft will release a game. People love it or they'll release a game. People are not happy with it. One thing I always give them credit for is Ubisoft is very receptive. Even on their fucking Twitter. I've added Ubisoft so many times and they always respond to me. So the, obviously someone higher up is like, we we need to like always be in communication with, with the fans essentially. Yeah. Um, but even in games that aren't as like awesome as they could be, like a Rainbow Six Siege when it first came out, they will always, uh, it seems like within their philosophy as a company, they will try to remedy the problem and try and make the game better. Even if it takes a little longer, it seems like they always seem to nail it pretty well. Especially um, since I, Rainbow Six Siege is like one of the most played um, uh, games of service games right now. Yeah, in the first year it suffered. Yeah. So, so I mean like they they know, they know what they're doing, but they will try things and they will piss you off, but they are always I always say this, they're so quick to fucking go, "Sorry, we'll fix it." And so far I'm not seeing that with Breakpoint yet, but um Breakpoint's reception, we're seeing the whole company go, "We got to fix that yeah. as a company." Um so again, it's it just shows me Ubisoft is very receptive and very transparent when it comes to a lot of shit. Not saying they're saints, not saying they're perfect, but for a huge fucking company like them, yeah, they're way better than EA and Activision. I I don't have an issue at all saying that. Um, I get into like little debates with people every once in a while about this, but but it's it's really it's really a big difference in my opinion, and I think there there's just evidence to show that. Um. That being said, me defending Ubisoft and thinking that they're really receptive and good in a lot of ways, 
as a fan of the Tom Clancy series of all their games, pretty much. I've uh, been playing them since fucking Rainbow Six, the original, uh, like on PC, and I think it came out on PlayStation and shit. Um, been playing that shit for a long time. I love most of those games. As a fan of Ghost Recon, um, Ghost Recon Breakpoint's a huge disappointment to me. It's a gigantic disappointment. I actually was hyped on it. I played an alpha of it. Uh, it was had cool ideas, but very clunky and completely unfinished. Um, a lot of people say it still feels like that after release. Um, I know people who like it. I know people who fucking hate it. I know people who won't pick it up. I decided not to pick it up because my biggest problem is, and they say right there, um, they turn into a game as a service model. I didn't want that from Ghost Recon. You already have The Division. That's an online game that's constantly evolving, being updated, all that shit. And I get you can patch a game and fix it and add new content, stuff like that. But the idea that you're playing like essentially a faux MMO, you already had that with The Division. And I liked The Division for that. I bought The Division for that. In fact, when they start going like more PvP-centric with it, I'm like, I didn't buy this for that. Um, I want to play cooperative content, make more cooperative content. Um, Ghost Recon has always been... Uh, kind of the the opposite of Rainbow Six in the sense that Rainbow Six was always tight, close quarters, uh, tactical combat, whereas Ghost Recon was like out in the 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 environment combat. Um, still had similar philosophies, but it was more about stealth and infiltration and like crawling around and, and sniping people from a distance, shit like that. And I've always loved that. I love tactical shooters. Um, I liked Wildlands. It's not... It's not a perfect game. It's far from it. I know a lot of people didn't like it. I liked it. It you know it could have been better, and I would have preferred like a more traditional Ghost Recon. When I heard that Breakpoint was going to be a looter shooter with like levels and like zones with different leveled enemies and stuff like that, I got worried. And then I started hearing some bad things about it um, that it you know felt unfinished and shit. And then I heard that essentially you pay sixty dollars to have a catalog of every item that's in that game. That you can buy, you know, carte blanche, just fucking whatever you want. Um, completely turned me off from it. Uh, so it, it has been a huge disappointment for me. And I didn't buy it for that reason. So I'm part of that, you know, loss of money for them. I was a potential buyer just based off of my fandom of that series. But it's not what I want. They're changing into something I don't want. So I don't, I'm not going to buy it. Um, as for Division 2, we both own that. Mm-hmm. Um I liked it. We just stopped playing it. So, like I said, I think it's more of a what can you do to get us back in it? I haven't seen anything too compelling, but I'm sure if I return to it, I still enjoy it. They should take a nod at a lot of companies, not just Ubisoft, should take a nod to the mentality that a lot of like free to play games have that are still alive and successful, which is um, knowing you're going to lose players, but having the next big thing planned and ready to come out to bring them back. There's uh, like a little mini documentary with the guys who make Path of Exile. And they said their first like four years, it took them that long to figure that out because they tried everything. They tried doing little bits of content and it didn't didn't do much. And then they try and do huge chunks of content and they would just lose people. And then some people come back. Uh, but then they finally realized people are always going to leave the game eventually. But they wanted to let people know the content is coming like at this point. We'll see you then. Yeah. And they said that they get bigger and bigger turnouts now because it's planned. Yep. Um, and we've talked about it before, but in case, you know, you haven't been here for that, um, you know, they're a good example of that um, Final Fantasy 14 is not a free to play game, but it is a game that 
does have to worry about suffering from fall off as well. Mm-hmm. They have a strict four, like a four month plan though. Though like every, there's always something coming out, you know, when it's coming out. And so they are constantly doing like, that. Like path them, of exile. If you're getting well. bored, you yep. know, you're coming back though. Yep. So if anything, you get that small break. Warframe uh, used to be a lot better about it. Now they've really kind of stretched they're out. They're really trying to figure like what they're doing. Yeah. Cause they got ambitious, which I love. But they also way longer development cycles now, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so, and they're going to learn from that, hopefully. Yeah, you know, whatever they need, just like the uh, was it grinding gears or the fuck grinding gear games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, just like they learned, yeah. um, which was really fascinating. When I was like watching, the guy did like a TED talk and was showing like analytics and stuff of their sales and giving like their secret on success and shit. I was like, this is actually really fascinating shit. Yeah, to listen to. No, it's, it's crazy, and so like to bring it back to Ubisoft, if uh-huh. they, if they would figure out that mentality and that plan for games like the division two, um, you'd see people like me popping back in every few months to play it more. Um, I mean, as a great example, I've popped back into destiny two more often than I've popped into the to division two because, too. which is weird. Bungie has done a better job of advertising their updates. So I get advertisements for Division Two on fucking again Instagram, which is weird. But Division also, or Destiny, Destiny Two, yeah, on Instagram. That's where yeah, I'm getting. I get it on yeah. Instagram, which I is like my most visited social media outside of YouTube, I guess, if you want to call that social media. The front page of Steam. It's on Steam. Uh, I get commercials on YouTube all the time. Yeah. They're very, uh, they're very aggressive, and like people know, like, hey, Destiny is not only Destiny Two is not only still like going on, it's bigger and better than it ever has been, and it's free to play. Yeah. So, which is smart because so, I know a bunch of people play Destiny 2. Yep, and it's just the right the right mentality. There's a lot of people playing Destiny 2 right now. Yeah. To the fact that which when, is cool. they, uh, when they launched it on Steam, it broke their servers for a moment. So, uh, yeah. And not to get too like tasty casty on it because we're obviously running a long episode at this yeah. point, but that's that's the whole point. They they could do a lot better, I think, with. Um, figuring out their games of service games and they shouldn't try to make everything a games of service. Yeah, please game. don't fucking do that. There's a, there's a time and place for that. If I don't they, want every game to be a game. If last service, of us came out as a games of service I'd be game, people would be fucking pissed, pissed. Right. Yeah. Ghost recon can be a, a singular title without having to be a, a FOMO. Wildlands is a four player cooperative fucking, uh, huge sandbox. Mm-hmm. I beat the game, the story. I still had regions I'd never even fucking been to. I mean, Ubisoft makes content for their games yeah. almost too much I, sometimes. I <laughs> um, a lot of people say that with fucking, you know, the new Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Uh, even back with like Assassin's Creed Unity, there was so much shit on that map. I was like, I'm not going to do all that. This, that's way too much stuff. But if you're like fucking in love with that game, you got content forever. Forever. Um, and that's fine. Just make that. But fucking, that is the big point. And when I'm reading that, what they think, where they went wrong, I'm going to tell you you're wrong when it comes to me. And I follow some people on YouTube who pretty much only cover tactical shooters. And this was a game they were looking forward to. And then they didn't want to play it either. And when I went to the comments, I typed in like, yeah, if they're going to deviate from attack shooter over to a, a fucking faux MMO, you lost me. I don't want that. That's yeah. not what I want from Ghost Recon. And I got like a bunch of likes. People like, yeah, I agree with you. I'm like, so there's a bunch of us who were just like, that's not what we wanted. You already had this idea of what it's like. If you took Mortal Kombat, well, they did this back in the past, and you turn it into some other type of fucking genre. Yeah, it doesn't do as well because it's already established as one thing. So it's hard to go. Well, now it's this. 
And, you know, someone who's not, like, familiar with the genre might just go, well, it's still a shooter. It's not the same. Yeah. You want that, like, risk versus reward. I could get killed really quickly. Uh, my tactics uh, getting better uh, will benefit me versus, like, a game's a service. It's all about the leveling and the grind um, and the gear grind. Um, and uh, it's not, not what I want. So, yeah, uh, I, I am the person they're talking about when it comes to this game. Uh, what was the other thing they said? They said it wasn't unique enough, which, I mean, I think there's a case for that. But I think it's a bad case because all big companies in any franchise they release will keep releasing games and sell it. So it's not – I don't think that's the factor. Um, and then, yeah, the, the – uh, fucking what was it? It didn't stand out from the crowd. All these points seem pretty – this is about innovation too. Oh, uh, the new innovations were not perfectly implemented. That's a really weird way to say that because it pretty much plays like prior games, except for now you can rub mud on yourself, which I thought was a really cool idea. I don't think that's really in. I mean, it's technically innovation since I haven't seen another game, yeah. but it's it's a it's a small mechanic that I think was a cool idea. But in a fucking in in a goddamn uh, looter shooter, it doesn't matter. Right. If it was like an actual stealth based tax shooter, it would have been fucking awesome. Um. So yeah, I, I I think they're making uh, it worries me the 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 reasons they think the game failed because I don't think it's accurate, especially as me being a potential consumer of their products. Um, I don't think they nailed why I didn't buy it. So to wrap all this up, um, it was disheartening to see the release of that game, and it sucks that I didn't get to pick it up and enjoy it. I probably won't, even though I know people who are enjoying it. Um, but Again, I do like, and I have my gripes with that fucking game and their direction with it. Um, I hope they can remedy that, and they probably will. But I like that Ubisoft looked looked at that instantly. It just happened. Yeah. And they're like, we're not going to do that anymore. Yeah. They delayed all their games to hopefully avoid this. So in my mind, that's good. Some people are like, oh, man, they really fucked up. They're delaying shit. I'm like, that's that's a good thing. That's just people looking for something to... Well, it's always a game by game basis. When they do good, they're like, "Oh yeah," but then they do bad, like, "Oh, those guys fucking suck." I'm like, "Look at the track record." That's that's what I look at. As soon as someone does something bad, everyone's just ready for them to fail. Sure. And sometimes, if the company has a bad track record, I'm like, "Ha, yeah, you guys fucked up." I can get on board with that every once in a while. If you keep fucking up over and over and over again, and you don't show any kind of like trying to remedy that, then I'm like, "Fuck you." But like. Yeah, if you're like, oh, I liked this game, I like this game. Oh, they really fucked up here. They suck. I'm like, well, no, they fucked up. How do they fix it? That's where if they don't, then I'm like, that sucks. Yeah. And if they keep doing that, then I'll be worried. But I, it's just really interesting to see a giant AAA, one of the big three companies, come out this quick and go, we're changing things up to make sure this doesn't happen. For sure. They're going to make money. They made the money. They still make what they thought they were going to make. They handled it. They're handling it completely different. I remember when Square Enix was still kind of in a rut, they got pissed about Tomb Raider not selling as not well. Not hitting six million. Six million. They got pissed about it. God. And I was like, oh, that's a bad reaction to that. Yeah. Like, and it was like, a, it wasn't a brand new IP, but it was a reboot of the IP. So it's like, did you really think people were just going to go, hey, it's back. We're all, we all love it still. You got to like, even though it was profitable. Yeah, it was yeah. still profitable, but like the big numbers they're thinking of, it's like this isn't Uncharted. Uncharted's been around it. It built up to that. Yeah. Tomb Raider went away. You got to get people to come back, and it, it was successful. And they turn and this is obviously after they they fixed the company, but then near 
sold. Yeah, Square Enix is awesome now. Like yeah. one million and then two million copies, and they were like, "We weren't expecting these numbers." Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's always really revealing to see just w- what they're seeing from wherever they're at, and then the rest of us just going like, "What the fuck?" Yeah. You don't know what we want, but yeah. again, reemphasizing, Ubisoft uh, at least tries to communicate with us and remedy the situations will they do it i don't know i hope they do because i like a lot of their games i don't play just dance but yeah that's about it anything else you want to say on that no i think we went a little long on that let me know in the comments uh what do you think about delays in general what do you think about how ubisoft is handling the reaction to uh breakpoint uh have have you played it do you like it do you not like it are you not going to pick it up um are you like me or you just weren't you know, into that in the first place. Uh, what do you think about the division two and them saying that it really didn't, it wasn't as successful as they would have liked. Um, why do you think that is? And, uh, what do you think about them delaying these games? Do you think they can fix this? Do you think it's a good thing, a bad thing? Are you laughing at them? Do you think, you know, this, uh, potentially could benefit us all. And, uh, yeah, let me know everything you think about, about all the shit we just talked about way longer than I thought we were going to do, but that's going to do it for this episode. Taste Teasy on Taste of the Gaming. As always, thank you for watching. Make sure to like and subscribe. If you enjoy this episode, make sure to check out our other episodes. Check us out on Tumblr, Twitter, and Facebook at Taste of the Gaming. Check out my streams and show me streams. Links down below. I'm on Mixer, Twitch, and YouTube. You can watch me anywhere. I think yours on Mixer. I'm just on Mixer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, links down below. Uh, we have Discord link down below as well. You can talk to us anytime, all the time, and we're on iTunes, Spotify, and other podcast platforms if you prefer to listen to us in audio form. Also, GOTM, the game you want us to play in December, you have this week. Once we hit November, we're cutting you off, and we're voting on the games that have already been established, so you will not be able to introduce new games. So get those votes in um but yeah my name's seth i'm chevy until the next episode which we got two more this week uh have a good week guys and take it easy